Good morning, everyone. It is Saturday, and despite all that's going on in the world around us, um, I don't know about you, but this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what's going on around us in the world, if we keep our mind focused on God and we rejoice, knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength, we can make it through. I just want you to be blessed as you listen to today's podcast on when we seek God. What happens when we seek God? How can we seek God? Um, These are some of the things that we'll be discussing in today's podcast. So in today's passage of scripture, we are learning about an ancient king named Josiah, from whom we can learn a lot if we look at how he handles God's word, how he responds to God's word and how he leads the people back to God, focusing their attention back to God. And when we look at what's going on in the world around us, um, a lot of us have lost focus and we've taken our attention off of God. And so it takes situations like the coronavirus and things that are going on in the world to really bring our attention back to God. So let's really pay attention to Josiah and and we can learn from him how we should handle God's word, how we should respond to God's word. And as people of God, we are led to lead people back to God and focus people's attention back to God. So we'll be reading from Second Chronicles chapter 34, and I'm going to begin reading the first through the seventh verse, and it reads, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek God of his father, David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images and the molded images. Now, side note, these were images to idol gods. The children of Israel had turned to idolatry. And so in the 12th year of Josiah's reign, he began to purge or eliminate all of these idol gods, these images to these idol gods. They broke down the altars of the Baals in his presence and the incense altars, which were above them, he cut down and the wooden images, the carved images and the molded images, he broke in pieces and made dust of them and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. So again, he's getting rid of these idol gods. He also burned the bones of the priest on their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so he did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali and all around with axes. When he had broken down the altars and the wooden images and beaten the carved images into powder and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Okay, so this is what we've learned about Josiah thus far. Um, We know that Josiah was very young. The Bible says that he was eight years old when he began to rule as king of Jerusalem. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And we also learn that Josiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He obeyed God. He followed God. He 
was focused on God and focused on what God had called him to do. The Bible says he did not turn aside to the right nor to the left. We learn that in the eighth year of his reign, um, he begins to seek God. And in the 12th year of his reign, he begins to purge and eliminate Judah and Jerusalem of these false idol gods. And so in the 18th year of his reign, um, he begins to send some of his people to rebuild the temple because during this time, the temple had been destroyed. You got to understand the children of Israel had begun to serve idol gods. And so they begin to build and erect altars and begin to build and erect images of these idol gods that they were beginning to serve. And thus they had left the temple of God to be destroyed. And so Josiah sent his people to rebuild the temple. And so it just so happens that when they went to go give the money to the high priest, um, Hilkiah, so that they could begin the process of rebuilding the temple, that Hilkiah found the book of the law of the Lord that was given by Moses. And so when Hilkiah finds this, he gives this to Shaphan, who is Josiah's scribe. And he gives this to Shaphan so that Shaphan can go and read it to Josiah. And so Shaphan does. He, he goes and he reads the book of the law of the Lord to Josiah. And verse 19, Second Chronicles 34 and 19 tells us, Thus it happened when the king heard the words of the law that he tore his clothes. So he began to weep because he realized that he, along with the children of Israel, had neglected God's commands. And so when he realizes this, he sends his people to go inquire of Huldah, who is a prophetess, what the word really means. And so they go to Huldah. And she tells them in verse 23, it says, Then she answered them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, all the curses that are written in the book, which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place and not be quenched. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and you humbled yourself before me, and you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see the calamity which I will bring on this place and its inhabitants. So they brought back word to the king. So what we've learned is that when they go to Huldah, the prophetess, to for her to interpret the word, she tells them that God is bringing calamity on the children of Israel because they've turned away from him and that they've started to serve these idol gods. And that has caused the anger or the wrath of the Lord 
to be upon the works of their hands. So God is upset with the children of Israel because they have turned away from him and begin to serve these idol gods. But God also speaks through Huldah to Josiah and gives a word for Josiah. And the word for Josiah is that because his heart was tender and because he humbled himself before God when he heard the word and he began to weep because he saw his own imperfections and he saw where he fell short, that he was going to be spared from the calamity that was going to be brought upon the children of Israel because he would have peace because of his posture with God. And so when they bring the news back to the king, um, I'm going to pick up reading in verse 29. So we're in Second Chronicles 34 and 29, and it reads, Then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, and all the people, great and small. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the country that belonged to the children of Israel and made all who were present in Israel diligently serve the Lord their God. All his days they did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. Now we have to remember that he reigned 31 years and it says all of his days. So all of those 31 years that Josiah was king, the people did not depart from following the Lord. Why? Because of his posture with God, because of his humble posture with God, and because of his ability to focus the people's attention back to God. We have recorded in the Bible that for 31 years, while he was king, the people of Israel did not turn away from God. And we have to remember that Josiah was very young. He was very young. So that let that be an encouragement for any young person that's listening to this podcast today. Don't think that you have to wait until you're old to really focus in on God and really bring people's attention to God. God can use you in your young age to bring people's attention back to him. God can use you in your young age to reach those in your age group, even those that are younger than you and even those that are older than you. Don't think that just because you're young that God cannot use you to bring a difference. We see he was eight years old when he became king. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Okay. Now, I'm sure those that are listening to me are probably older than eight. All right. But if God can use an eight-year-old king and cause him to do such a great thing in his youth, 
as bringing a people, a, a nation, a group of people's attention back to God, what's stopping him from doing the same with you? So let that be an encouragement to my young listeners. Um, so King Josiah's humble, obedient response to the book was and still remains a model of how we all should respond to God's revealed word. Because when Josiah listened to the scripture and allowed its words of truth to judge him and humbly confessed that he had neglected God's commands, after learning more about his about its truths, he shared the scripture with others and this led them to follow it. He had the book read before the entire nation, and he led the Israelites in recommitting their lives to the Lord. And that is how we should respond to the word of God. We should first listen to it. Listen to it. Give the word our full attention. Listen to it. And we should allow its words of truth to judge us. See, many times people say, especially when the truth is being preached, um, that people are judging that people are judging them. It's not the person that's preaching or it's not the person that's teaching that's judging you. It's the word of God dealing with you. It's the word of God that's beginning to convict you. It's the word of God that's beginning to judge you. So we try to put it off on people as if they're judging us, but no, it's the word of God that's judging us. And so oftentimes what we do is when we feel that conviction, instead of instead of letting that lead us into a place of repentance, like we see with Josiah, we allow that to harden our heart against the word. And we say, well, they need to get off of me. Who told them my business? Why are they preaching about me? And it's not necessarily that anyone told the preacher your business. It's not necessarily that they're intentionally stepping on your toes. It's how the flow of the spirit is moving upon that person or how the flow of the spirit is moving upon the one that is teaching that the word is so powerful. The word is so strong. It can convict you right where you are without even calling out your name. It can convict you right where you are without even pointing you pointing you out or putting the spotlight on you. The reason you feel the spotlight is on you. The reason you feel like fingers are being pointed at you is because you know you're wrong. And the word of God is showing you that you're wrong. See, when the word of God showed Josiah that he that it, that the way the people were going was wrong, he didn't get angry. He began to weep. He began to weep because he began to see where he and the people had fallen short. And so when his heart was open to receive the word of God, he began to confess how he had neglected God's commands. Again, that led him to repentance. We should allow the word, especially in times that we're living in right now, when we hear the word of God and it convicts us, we should allow that to lead us further into repentance. And we should we should we should begin to let the word cultivate within our heart, leading us to a place and a posture in God where we begin to repent and turn away from our wickedness and turn away from the sins that are in our life. We should not allow that to cause us to get angry 
We should not allow that to cause us not to pay attention to, to the word anymore. Josiah listened. He allowed the word to judge him. Then he humbly confessed that he had neglected God's commands. And after that, after all of those things, and after learning more about its truths, then he shared the scriptures with others. When's the last time that you shared the word of God with someone? Now, people of God, is the time for us to share the gospel like we've never shared it before. I've been on social media and I've been seeing posts from different preachers and different pastors and leaders that they're streamlining their services online and everything that they would normally do um, at the physical building. They're now moving it to an online platform. And I see that as just another way for God's word to be spread abroad. You know, every ear is going to hear the word of God and have a chance to repent before God returns. And the way I see that is that God is using this coronavirus and this quarantine situation and people streamlining their services and moving their moving their ministries to an online platform. I just see that as another way that God is going to use to bring his word and to bring his message and to bring the gospel abroad because who you would not reach in your four walls, if you put it online, there's no telling who that word is going to reach. There's no telling who's going to be listening to that message. Who, who would not step foot in the four walls of the building that we call church. Now you can reach those same people because they are more prone to going on Facebook. They are more prone to going on YouTube. They are more prone to going on Instagram and pulling up your message and listening to it from the comfort of their home. Whereas they would not step foot in your building. Do you, does that make sense to anyone? Or am I just talking off? the top of my head here. I see that as God using this as a way to get his word out so that when he comes, nobody will have an excuse that they did not hear the word. Nobody will have an excuse. See, people like to use this as an excuse. Well, don't nobody ever invite me to church, so I don't go. Well, now what is your excuse? Because you're on social media all day, and I'm pretty sure that you scroll past many different messages Many different preachers, you can click on one of them and pay attention to it. And God might use that man of, or that woman of God to lead you to a place of repentance. God might use that man or that woman of God to cause you to, in, to do introspection and look at your own life and see where you're falling short. And you may have never even heard of this person. You may have, ne you may have never even stepped foot in this person's building. But God is using the online platform to reach you right there in the comfort of your home or in your car, wherever you're listening. Some of you listening to this podcast. You're listening to this podcast and it is my prayer every time that I record a podcast that it reaches the one. If it just reaches one person and it causes that one person to change their life or causes that one person to repent, or it causes that one person to be saved, I rejoice. I rejoice. 
So we have to take the time that we are living in now, especially with all the calamity that's going on around us. And we have to focus our attention on God. We must seek God. We must seek God. Okay, so take a moment to clear your mind and breathe. Inhale, hold, exhale. Now ask yourself this question with the intention of being completely honest. What am I seeking most in life? Hmm. What am I seeking most in life? For, for us now, there can be many answers to that. Peace, joy, protection, money, a way to pay your bills, a way to stay away from the coronavirus, whatever your answer may be. Um, the majority of people in the world are seeking things that they will never be able to keep once this life is over. However, true fulfillment comes only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. True fulfillment comes only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because that is eternal. And so like Josiah in today's passage, we too can seek that relationship with the Lord. But it requires a desire on our part to find out what he is like, to fellowship with him intimately, and to follow him more closely. Let's dig into those three areas. Find out what he is like. The way we find out what God is like is by examining his word in depth. And through the Holy Spirit, we find out what God is like because it gives us more understanding of who God is and how he relates to us, his creation. And so we got nothing now but time and opportunity since everyone is supposed to be quarantined. Um, this is the time to get in your word and to let the word get into you because it's in his word that we find out what he is like is through his word we find out what he agrees with, what he disagrees with. And here's the thing, people of God, because God agrees with it, we should also agree with it. And because God disagrees with it, we should also disagree with it. If you find yourself going against what God is for, and you find yourself going for what God is against, you need to examine your walk with God. Fellowship with him intimately. That means that we need to spend time alone with God. Why? Because this reorients our heart with his. But it has to be quality time. See, many of us, we were so busy before all of this happened that we might spend a couple of minutes here talking to God and a couple of minutes there talking to God, but really it was rushed. It was not intimate. It was us coming to God with a list of demands, us coming to God with a list of wants and desires. Um, but now that things have begun to slow down, I feel like God is using this as a way for us to spend that quality time with him that we once did not do. Um, 
It has to be consistent. It has to be alone. And when I say alone, I don't mean like you necessarily have to shut everyone else out. You There's power in praying together. There's power in praying in groups. There's power in praying in, in number. However, if you don't spend that alone time with God, then you're missing out. You're missing out. It has to be quiet. See, sometimes we come to God and we're the ones that's doing all the talking. We say what we have to say and we go about our day. We don't even quiet ourselves enough to listen to what God is saying. We don't silence the noise around us enough to focus in on what God is saying. And so now that we have all this time and opportunity, let's commit to being focused in prayer. And it has to be unhurried. Like, like I said before, many times we rush through prayer as if it's something that we really don't want to do, but we feel like we have to do it. And so if that's the case, you know, it's better that you don't even pray. If you feel like it's something that you have to do, but you don't necessarily want to do, because prayer is about communication. It's about spending that time with God. It's about getting clarity, getting understanding. It's about seeking him above everything else. Let's commit to prayer. Let's commit to consecration. Let's commit to fasting during this time. Let's commit to calling on the name of Jesus. Because when his saints, when his children, when his people cry out to him, he hears and he answers. And now is the time that we cry out on behalf of our nation. It's now the time that we cry out on behalf of our world. It's now time that we cry out on behalf of our own souls, but also the souls of others. Because believe it or not, there are some that are seeing all this going on around us. And they've yet to realize that the Bible is fulfilling itself. They see all of this that's going on around us and they have yet to realize that time is winding up. And so we must pray for those lost souls. We have to pray for those souls of the ones who have backs, who are, are in backslidden states, who were once running for Jesus and on fire for him. And now they have lost the fire. They've lost that connection with him. Not because of him, but because of their own doing. We have to pray for those souls. We have to pray for the souls of the ones that are unrepentant, that God would use this as an opportunity for them to repent and cause them to turn to him and seek him while they yet have time. And then we have to follow him more closely. So the more that we allow the Holy Spirit to work his word into our heart, the more we will want to obey and please our heavenly father when we have the holy spirit that's dwelling on the inside of us not something that falls on us not something that showers down on us but something that dwells within us we will want to do what pleases god and we will want to obey him we will want to be like josiah was and do what was right in the sight of the lord and so these three things undoubtedly bring us closer to God, but then we have to make the decision to continue to pursue him. Mm, that's the key. See, we can come close to God, 
But how many of us are in pursuit of God? We have to make the decision that we are going to constantly pursue him. And so do you want to seek God is the question. Do you want to really seek him? Because if you do, this is the opportunity to do so. Let's resolve to know and to love him more today. And when we feel that we can't turn to anyone else, when we feel like our back is up against the wall, when we feel anxiety trying to creep in, when we feel stress trying to creep in, when we feel anger and confusion trying to creep in, when we feel frustration trying to creep in, when we feel fear trying to creep in, instead of turning over to all of those things, let's turn to God and seek him. I guarantee you he won't leave his people in the dark. I guarantee you he won't leave his people ignorant. So let's turn to him. And when we seek him, I, when we seek him, he said in his word, you will seek me and find me when you seek search for me with your whole heart. When we search for him with our whole heart, when we seek him with our whole heart, we'll find him and we'll find this is what we'll find. We'll find that he was always there. We'll find that he never left us. Maybe we left him. But God is using this as an opportunity to bring his people together. He's using this as an opportunity for us to see that he's still in control. He's using this as an opportunity for us to focus on him, focus on his word, focus on what God has called us to do. Because uh, many of us have been focused on everything else except for what God has called us to do. <laughs> and so now that everything else is shutting down, now that everything else is being canceled, now that everything else is being postponed, and now that everything else is being stopped, now God is saying, if I have to shut everything down to get your attention, I'll do it. If I have to postpone and cancel everything that you had planned in order to get you in my plans, I'll do it. And we see that he has no problem doing it. Let's commit to seeking God. Let's commit to finding out what God is like. Use this opportunity to find out what God is like. Some of us know religion very well. Some of us know church very well. Some of us know how to mask and parade and um, fit in very well, but we don't know God. So we had to use this as an opportunity to find out what God is like. Some of us know tradition very well, but we don't really know God. Then we have to use this as a time to, to fellowship with him intimately, not hurried, not inconsistently, not rushed, but intimately spending that time with God, getting off of social media and getting in his word, turning the news off for just a moment to hear what God is saying, putting your phone on do not disturb so that all these notifications and text messages and emails that we are bothered with and interrupted with and disturbed with all day. We can get a break from that 
and really focus on what God is saying. Hmm. This is a good opportunity to do that. And then we have to follow him more closely because the closer we get to him, the closer he'll draw nigh unto us. But in getting closer to God, we have to continue to pursue him in everything that we say and everything we do and everything that we think we have to continue to pursue him. And know this. God is still in control. God loves you. He loves you and he knows what you need. He, he will take care of you. When you belong to God, he will take care of you. When the government can't do it, when your job can't do it, when your friends won't do it, when your family won't do it, God will. God will. And hear this. God is. Not only will he, but he's doing it right now. He's taking care of you. You woke up to see this day, didn't you? Yeah, you're right, mind. He allowed you to get through the night. He allowed you to have ears to hear this podcast. Come on, think about the goodness of the Lord. Don't focus on all this that's going on around us. Meditate on what God has done. Meditate on what he's doing now and thank God in advance for what he's going to do. When you have that mindset, all this other stuff that's going on around us, that's a trick of the enemy to get us to lose faith and to get us to lose hope and to get us to speak things that are not true, to get us to believe things that are not true, to get us to think things that are not true. All of that is just a trick of the enemy. But when you focus on God and you focus on what he's done, what he's doing now and thank him for what he's going to do, you don't have time to focus on none of this other stuff. It's all about the mindset, people of God. It's all about the mindset. Let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus is my prayer. God bless you. Enjoy your Saturday. You may be in the house. Look, find a way to enjoy it in the house. Go outside. Go outside. In the yard. Walk around. Get some fresh air. Get some vitamin D. Okay. Pick up those projects that you put down because you didn't have enough time. Well, now you have time to complete them. You know, spend some time in devotion with God and find the peace of God in the midst of the storm, because I guarantee you it's there. God bless you. I love you. Have a great day. Very quickly, let me share with you what the Bible reads. It reads, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it also reads that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible also reads, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And all of us fit into that category of whosoever. Do you know that Jesus saves? Did you know that Jesus heals? Did you know that Jesus delivers? So I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. Lord, bless the one that's listening to this podcast. Bless him. Bless her. Bless their family with long and healthy lives. 
Jesus, I pray that you make yourself real to the one that's listening to this podcast and that you do a quick work in his or her heart. And if they have not received you as their Lord and their Savior, then Lord, I pray that today they will make the decision to do so. If you would like to receive the gift of salvation that God has for you today, just say this prayer after me with your heart and lips out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And I believe that you are risen from the dead and that you're coming back again for me. So I ask that you fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a compassion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God. I also ask for a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever I go and in whatever I do. I believe that you can save. I believe that you can heal. And I believe that you can deliver. And I'm saved and I'm born again. And I thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven. And so if you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to say welcome to the kingdom. Welcome to the kingdom. Listen, God has a very wonderful plan for your life. And he loves you so much that he's giving an opportunity for you to turn to him. And so remember this, run to God and not from God because he loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. And so, Father, we conclude this prayer by asking that you heal the sick that you set every captive free, and that you save the lost. In Jesus' name, amen.